Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 79 O God, the nations have come into your inheritance. They have defiled your holy temple. They have laid Jerusalem in ruins. They have given the bodies of your servants to the birds of the air for food, the flesh of your faithful to the wild animals of the earth. They have poured out their blood like water all around Jerusalem, and there is no one to bury them. We have become a taunt to our neighbors, mocked and derided by those around us. How long, O Lord, will you be angry forever? Will your jealous wrath burn like fire? Pour out your anger on the nations that do not know you and on the kingdoms that do not call your name. For they have devoured Jacob and laid waste his habitation. Do not remember against us the iniquities of our ancestors. Let your compassion come speedily to meet us, for we are brought very low. Help us, O God of our salvation, for the glory of your name. Deliver us and forgive our sins for your name's sake. Why should the nations say, Where is their God? Let the avenging of the outpoured blood of your servants be known among the nations before our eyes. Let the groans of the prisoners come before you. According to your great power, preserve those doomed to die. Return sevenfold into the bosom of our neighbors the taunts which, with which they taunted you, O Lord. Then we, your people, the flock of your pasture, will give thanks to you forever. From generation to generation we will recount your praise. Micah chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. Now you are walled around with a wall. Siege is laid against us. With a rod they strike the ruler of Israel upon the cheek. But you, O Bethlehem of Ephrath, of Ephratha, you are one of the little clans of Judah. From you shall come forth for me one who is to rule Israel, whose origin is from of old, from ancient days. Therefore he shall give them up until the time when she who is in labor has brought forth. Then the rest of his kindred shall return to the people of Israel. And he shall stand and feed his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord of his God. And they shall live secure, for now he shall be great to the ends of the earth, and he shall be the one of peace. If the Assyrians come into our land and tread upon our soil, we will raise against them seven shepherds and eight installed as rulers. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 21, verses 34 through 38. Be on guard so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life. And that day does not catch you unexpectedly, like a trap. For it will come upon all who live on the face of the whole earth. Be alert at all times, praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things that will take place and to stand before the Son of Man. Every day he was teaching in the temple, and at night he would go out and spend the night on the Mount of Olives, as it was called. And all the people would get up early in the morning to listen to him in the temple. Good morning and welcome to the seventh day of Advent. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Albany, Oregon. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 79. Micah 5 and Luke 21. Uh, it was hard to catch. I didn't notify 
my listeners that Luke picks up in the middle of a, a dialogue. And so it's kind of hard to kind of interpret it because it's, you know, it literally kind of takes a context out. However, in the reading from Micah, there's a couple of things that stood out to me in the NRSV, um, the anglicized NRSV, um, where it talks about these, and yesterday I spoke a little bit and the day before about political theology and what Israel's political imagination was, what system they used. And I mentioned a judge is at the top, uh, Shafat, um, which sounds kind of like shofar, the, the ram's horn that is blown at uh, certain festivals. Um, and the political system of Israel uh, at the top is a judge who is charismatic. Uh, there's no time limit or uh, uh, term of office. Deborah was called uh, under the impression of the Midianites, if I remember correctly. Gideon was called, uh, Deborah was the Gideon, uh, Midian, Midianites. Gideon was the Amalekites, I think. Um, but even Gideon gives up this rulership, this leadership of Israel. Um, they want him to stay. He's kind of tempted, uh, but he recognizes that he kind of went too far in something and he backs off. And then that's the entrance into this uh, speech from Jotham, the, the parable of the Bramble King that I talked about, I believe, on Monday. Um, in Micah, there are these words in English that are translated uh, as ruler, which I like. Ruler, as I said yesterday, uh, we sometimes think is some idiot with a crown, but it's really literally just a ruler, um, a, a, a standard that is set that everybody is expected to follow. Um, that is the best that I think the Bible can say of people in leadership, that you have to live in accordance with the standards and thereby invoke everybody else to live by those standards of justice, mercy, compassion. So what is these, this ruler? Again, it's used in Micah. And uh, remember, this is just one chapter after we've beaten our swords into plowshares and our spears into pruning hooks, and we won't learn war anymore. Um, we'll sit under our, our own vine and our own fig leaf. Again, recalling Judges 9. So if you want to understand the political system and its breakdown, uh, you've got to read uh, probably Joshua, but certainly Judges. Judges 4 and 5 with Deborah, Judges 7, 8, and I can't remember, 6, 7, 8 uh, with Gideon. But the, the judge, the shofat, it's not like a term. You kind of get risen up uh, when you're needed, and then when the, the crisis passed, there's no evidence that you remain judge. Or maybe you do, like Deborah, you just kind of are a judicial judge, if not the commander-in-chief in a time of war. But this word uh, in Micah 5.1, I checked it against the um, Masoretic text. And ruler here is the judge, the shofat, uh, the judge of Israel. They will strike the judge of Israel on the cheek. And that was from the ESV in the Masoretic text. And so it's pretty clear that our ruler is a judge. Uh, that's both what they do judicially, but also it's this unique position within the, the political system of Israel uh, that also stands as commander-in-chief. Um, but then the next time we see ruler in Micah 2, 
Um, it's in English, it, it's be a ruler. Um, but in Hebrew, it's actually a verb, mashal. Uh, Hayam mashal is, it, it's kind of squished together, but uh, the mashal is the best kind of ruling that, again, we we see in the Bible, in the Hebrew Bible. And it's sometimes rendered dominion, uh, which can have really overt kind of hierarchical implications, which aren't there in the Hebrew. Uh, it also, you could think of it as sovereignty, uh, to have a unique status within a community. Uh, it's just like a judge. You know, they're not any better than any other Israelite. Doesn't have to be a Levitical person. Anybody who is charismatic and good, who reflects the standard of God, um, of Yahweh, they might be called upon both either by God or by the people to rise up to be judge, Shofat. And what they do is, and in ruling, in mashal, um, mashal is simply to, to uh, you know, the verb form of rule, to live in such a way that you are a standard against which others might follow. Um, mashal is like the, if you can, maybe difficult in our day and age, but to think of the positive aspects of a leader that you've known. I have a couple. Uh, in my mind, Lieutenant Bogarts and then uh, Lieutenant Wojcik uh, in Hawaii. Like, I'm not a big fan of officers, but those two were exceptions that proved the rule, that leadership isn't the problem, that there's a lot of easy paths to take to bad leadership. There's a lot of easy paths to take to corruption and authoritarianism. Um, and it's sometimes very difficult to be a good form of what a, a good policeman, uh, a good soldier, a good leader. Um, that leadership, that service, um, that law enforcement, that in and of themselves aren't bad. There is something good in there that has become corrupt. And that, I don't know if it appears in Micah, but there's another uh, rule or ruler in Micah um, that just is, is a totally different word and didn't check out. I think it was in verse 4 or 5, and now I... Oh, the princes of men in the ESV in verse 5. Um, the princes is, is something else. Um, it just... Uh, one of the things that as, I, as I'm exploring political theology in the Bible, it's, you know, if... If there's a um, a good thing in leadership that we call mashal, uh, the bad thing, if I remember, it's not to redock, it's something else. But um, I think one of the things as a veteran, or as a yeah a veteran, and even when I was a soldier, that a lot of otherwise really thoughtful people seem to have this opinion that you know the military is the problem or the police are the problem. And we, let's get rid of the police. Let's defund them. Well, uh, we're taking the most obvious and startling incidences within law enforcement, within service, and taking those things to be the baseline, the norm. Uh, I've heard it said at, at academic meetings with everybody nodding in agreement that, you know, we know that everybody goes to war out of bloodlust. It wasn't ironic. It wasn't facetious. It wasn't a you know, it wasn't a joke. People were saying that. And I didn't go out of bloodlust. Even in my worst moments, I don't think you could compare it to bloodlust. Um, there, I'm sure there are people. I mean, now the <laughs> worshiping Norse gods and berserkers and everything else, like, sure, maybe maybe that exists. I don't know. I sure shit didn't see it. Um, 
but Micah as as critical as the prophet is of leaders and political systems and much of the Hebrew Bible, that isn't to say we shouldn't lose sight of the fact that political systems are not the problem. It's how political systems are used by corrupt people to further corruption to further their own interests. That's a very important distinction that I think the Bible makes and I think we need to continue to make. Um, that as I remember one of the things I, I read, you know, kind of in these political philosophical things through in seminary was um, that Christians, well, I should say more the Catholic tradition, um, you know, the, the, the favored political system is a benevolent ruler, a benevolent dictator. Um, I don't know if it was Augustine. I, I can't remember, but I wouldn't put it past him. And I thought for the longest time, like, that's ridiculous. Like, we shouldn't have dictators, period. But the more, as I'm, I can tell the podcast, I'm hoping to open a bookstore uh, within the coming months, and I, it's not a nonprofit. I have no t- intention of making a nonprofit. Um, if people want to make tax-deductible donations or, you know, if you need a tax shelter, you can go to the Cayman Islands. If you want to give me money, you can give me money. That's perfectly okay by me. I have a GoFundMe. You can look me up at, I think, GoFundMe.com slash Chapter House is the name of the bookstore. But what I want to do as the, the dictator of this business is I want to uh, take only what I need um, as owner's compensation or profit and distribute the rest either to the, the, the employees themselves or back into the, the, the program that I want, some of the programs that I want to host. Um, and the more I think about what I want to do and how I don't want to be a nonprofit because they're sluggish, uh, you know, you need a board. There's all this other stuff that, like, I don't know if it's worth the, the hassle. The more I think about it, the more I realize, like, oh, I, I want to be a benevolent r- dictator. Um, and you could say that's certainly a bit arrogant, but me or someone else, I've I've said it before, and I'll probably keep saying it, I don't particularly want to create my own thing, but I've been so, I've, I've met with so much tra- uh, uh turbulence and, and frustration and trauma in trying to do this thing already that I just rather do it myself and makes make the community that I didn't have that I was looking for not just in getting out of the military but in entering the church um, and if a benevolent dictator like myself over you know a business if that's the way it can work then that's the way it can work um, and so I think in this reading of of Micah and this whole past week, I think that's one of the lessons I hope people take from the Bible in general. Like, sure, there's some general things that we can say, right? Uh, that monarchical system that Israel wanted is not necessarily the problem. They wanted to be like the other nations. They did not want to be set apart. They did not want to be holy. They wanted to fit in. The, the system that they chose or that they saw around them that they wanted to fit into was not one that is very <laughs> advantageous to most human beings. And yet I still have this anti-authoritarian or anti-whatever, you know whatever, and I'm sure a lot of listeners do as lower, mostly lower enlisted folks, but don't take that. Those are the exceptions that prove the rule. Don't forget that leadership can be good. And it's not impossible to be a good leader if you feel called to be a leader, a priest, a, you know, fill in the blank. Um, but to hold both at one time, 
um, not so you lose sight of of uh, you know what you're hoping for because it's easy to kind of fall into routines and you know take advantage of power and take for granted that you can and so you do um, but rather to always be vigilant always watchful as we hear in Luke um, because that's what it takes to not become corrupt to always be watching for those subtle little things that get into your head that make you feel entitled and privileged. I think that's the problem, not necessarily the systems through which those things might occur. A prayer for sound government from the Book of Common Prayer. O Lord, our governor, bless the leaders of our land that we may be a people at peace among ourselves and a blessing to other nations of the earth. Teach our people to rely on your strength and to accept their responsibilities to their fellow citizens, that they may elect trustworthy leaders and make wise decisions for the well-being of our society, that we may serve you faithfully in our generation and honor your holy name. For yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Amen. Thank you for falling in to First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast by clicking the link in the show notes. Or, if you serve military families, subscribe to First Forward, a paid subscription feed providing commentary on Sunday lectionary texts a week in advance. Use it for sermon prep or just because you support the troops. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instruction will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with PPUHQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in an episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off of air. So there you have it. Three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I haven't convinced you to fall in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac. Always faithful, always family. Semper Familia. See you.